0: thank y'all again for tuning in to another episode of the dope sessions podcast my name is Kelvy. and um, for this episode I'm very uh ecstatic to have uh, the guest that I have right now um we've we've known a little bit about each other for, for a little bit um big fan of his work um just uh just a don cat and um, I'm just like really honored that uh he wanted to do the, the podcast with uh with me today um so uh ladies and gentlemen
1: welcome to the, the podcast my homeboy fable what's good char first and foremost I want to say I'm humbled that you even wanted to do this with me so took my head off to you oh man no no, no problem man
0: like it, and I tell people all the time like when I first started this podcast it was um it was never my intention to always like do it alone but Mm. because um you know the uh the pandemic that we're going through I was like you know this would be an opportunity for me to just like chop it up with like uh people that I you know just indie artists that I admire and have become friends with and just um you know just wanting to talk and chat and just you know just You know, give the people
1: um, y'all information so they could check out your work and everything. No, it's definitely uh, it's much needed, especially right now. And that's one plus about this whole like world situation we're going through right now Mm -hmm. is that it's forcing cats to really be uh, creative and step outside of that comfort zone to really create new energy you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. new dialogue so i feel like this is it's super important especially with the visual medium and mm-hmm. um just just what we on right now you right. know what i'm saying like it's crazy all of these video like chat apps they making a killing right now yeah
0: yeah for real <laughs> so man.
1: yeah but man, no, i'm uh, happy
0: to be here man yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you, that you wanted to do this, bro. Like for real. Now, um, like a couple of weeks ago, cause like sometimes I would tell like, uh, I would tell like my brother, uh, my brother Kareem. Um, Shout out
1: Kareem. Shout out Anti Genius. Yeah, homie, yeah, man.
0: yeah. And um, he would, uh, like, um, like, uh, I would always tell him, like, um that me and you connected and we talk from time to time and stuff like that and then like Mm -hmm. i think so you know because we all busy and stuff like that that we all kind of tend to forget certain things but like um a couple weeks ago um he was like man he said i think he said when this when this pandemic is over man he was like i think you and fable should like link up man he was like and not just to do stuff together but just like he was like y'all kind of like the same but just like y'all y'all real cool and y'all humble and all this other stuff and he was just like I think y'all would y'all would mesh well together and I was just like I said you know what like I me me and Fable talk from time to time but like you know and I just I linked up on that vibe because we kind of like the same stuff and and um and so when this kind of um presented itself for me to uh um, do this podcast I was just like I, I really wanted you to be on it
1: No, I'm, I'm humble man and like I said before like it like that distance it was only because you know what I'm saying like I got a I got an entire family like so stuff be kind of like hectic and the yeah. stuff that you do see me do mm-hmm. it's like stuff that I've had in the stash for a while but I'm just very resourceful so like it, anything from like any visual videos I put up or like any like Artwork work for, like, my, my singles or songs that I drop. I'm doing everything on the go, on the phone. Like, and that's the thing, like, because I got a family and because I got so much going on, I just have to learn how to, like, master, like, multitasking. So just doing multiple things at the same time. Right. But not only just doing multiple things at the same time, but making sure that everything is still quality when it's given out, you know, mm-hmm. to the people. So, So, yeah, man. But nah, it's I'm definitely glad like we linked up. Um, we into a lot of the the same uh, things, Mo- mostly movies, I feel like, because mm-hmm. I feel like when it comes to movies, I like more obscure film. I do mm-hmm. like, you know, the Oscar-nominated stuff, but I like more obscure films. And yeah. I know you've mentioned a bunch of stuff, like, on your podcast. Go check out that podcast if you haven't already. All of uh, podcasts, you know, DSPs um but on your movie podcast you highlight a lot of different movies that i'll really be into Yeah, you know what i'm saying and i'm more into like the psyche the psychological meaning of Mm -hmm. like movies uh underlying meanings like that whole nine so yeah yeah yeah. we definitely click on that yeah yeah most definitely Uh,
0: my first question would be um when when did you realize or when when was the like the light the light bulb that went off there was just like hip hop is what i want to do
1: um that actually goes all the way back to man 98 i remember uh at 98 99 i I remember uh, the first so this is the thing the first rap album my mom allowed me to buy was will smith's big Willie style right and i know that's i know it's hilarious but i grew up in a, like a straight christian household so right. i couldn't listen to stuff with a bunch of cursing in it and all of that but um my mom she just she started noticing that i was like sneaking listening to like explicit versions of music and so she was like you know what either he's going to keep sneaking off to listen to this music or I could just let him listen to it. So the first explicit album she let me buy was Buster Rhymes' Extinction Level Event. And I just want to say right now, Buster does not get the credit that he deserves. Just as an MC, as a trendsetter, none of that. And I feel like he won't get it until, you know, it's too late. But that's the first album that uh, I remember picking up. And from that album, Knotts uh, produced heavily on it, uh, Dilla. That's when I fell in love with Dilla, uh, yeah. Swiss Beats. But, like, it kind of, like, introduced me because Buster was mainstream, but people kind of forget that. But Buster, he had a bunch of underground, like, elements to all his albums. Mm-hmm. So from there, I started getting into you know, Rock Digger, who was my favorite female MC ever and I put that Harriet Tubman album up against any female artist mm-hmm. she's like my favorite um that's how I got introduced to like Rock Marciano uh you know Knott's uh Megahertz Evil mm-hmm. D like it just opened me up to like Lyricist Lounge and then I got into League, at the most depth so it was just kind of that's when I knew like man this is what I want to do I didn't start rapping though, or like putting pen to paper, until I was in high school. Okay. So like freshman, freshman sophomore year in high school, that's when I was like, you know what, I'm I want to do this. Um, and you know, when you when you first start, your aspirations are much uh, much bigger than you know the actual talent that you have. I had the ingredients, but you know, you got to fine tune stuff. You got to live life. You got to really like work at it to like you know become a seasoned. A, a seasoned artist you know right right
0: what well, uh what was what was the moment you was just like okay now is just time for me to just like get out there and start you know do maybe like oh. doing open mics and 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 you know just going forward with you
1: know what what you wanted to do right so I started, I started rapping, rapping like freshman, sophomore year in high school. Um, I got to shout out my homie, uh, Justin. Justin is, that's my, my 10 year homie. Like we've been homies since, since, uh, oh man, 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, we met each other in high school and we just, we've been, we've been tight ever since. Uh, me and him came together and we formed, uh, we formed this thing called Get Right Music. And um, what we did in our senior year of high school, um, he had like a studio set up in his basement um, at his crib. So literally every day, because we had this like off, not off campus, it was a, um, like a field experience thing that we had to do mm-hmm. for our senior year of high school. It was a requirement for us to graduate. So um, I spent a lot of my time at street level youth media. So that's how I picked up how to, uh, you know, how to like record myself. Um, you know, record songs, working with like different interfaces and stuff like that. And that's really when I started delving heavy into like the production. Um, Justin actually gave me my first version of Fruity Loops. So that's what really got me into everything. So with uh, I, my beats wasn't where I wanted them to be at first. So I was like, man, why don't we just get together? Let's do a mixtape. The mixtape had 21 tracks on it. And the majority of the instrumentals that we grabbed for that joint was like Kanye instrumentals because okay. you know Kanye was larger than life at the time. I yeah, think yeah, this is yeah. right yeah. off this is right off the tail of like late registration. So like we hit that whole college dropout through the wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey mama, like that that uh, that era. So we took a lot of them beats and we just put original raps to it. Um, And we started handing them joints out at school. And before we knew it, man, like it was, it was, it was a huge, like big deal. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, like you, okay, you, you really rapping. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So uh, after that, I I went to college. Um, I went to DePaul. I ain't finished because it's way too expensive. Um, I started at DePaul and I started linking up with different cats there. But the first, like, open mic thing that I really went to was mm-hmm. at uh, Exodus 2 over on Clark Street. Mm-hmm. Um, Mixtape Mondays, they would do this uh, this weekly open mic, you know, where cats come out, they could showcase their talent, mm-hmm. and then once every month, they would have, uh, like, this jackpot of, of, like, $250 or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, people pay at the door, pay $5 at the door, and basically, you you basically get a chance to win everything that was made from people coming in at the door um so that's when i really started you know started like honing my skills that's why i met kareem mm-hmm. you know that's why i met a you know no try do sincere um and cats like that um and that's honestly how me and you ended up linking yeah. um uh through through him and through uh Anti james because I've been on Anti Genes for I don't know how long, man. We was we were, at one point in the time we were gearing up to like work on the EP, but you know life happens. I was moving a lot. It was just a bunch of it was a bunch of stuff going on, but um, but like yeah, like I hate. So I love and I love and hated Exodus too. Because you know it's it's like the tip, it was like the typical like pay to play like type thing like you could perform on these big shows with artists mm-hmm. at the time it was like Mickey Hosted, you know um, Ryan Fest stuff like that you could perform at these shows but you had to sell x amount of tickets at ten bucks piece and mm-hmm. if you think about it if you got twenty tickets you got to pop off and they ten dollars a piece you basically paying two hundred bucks to perform on stage mm-hmm. you know with these other people. Um, you know in hindsight it's just I I look at it as I was paying dues like I got the shorthand of the stick a lot but you know I feel like every artist has to go through that that mode of paying dues because when you're paying dues it makes you really appreciate uh, when you're able to stand on your own too and you say nah I don't need that it's, mm-hmm. as cool as it, it might seem or look I don't need that right. I could just put the money into what I'm doing and just figure it out and you know before like we didn't have the internet like we have it now right now it's no excuse for anybody to say oh man i need a video man look up youtube learn how to shoot a video Mm -hmm. it's like man i don't know how to i don't know how to make beats i don't know how to use adobe illustrator i don't know how to use photoshop it's -hmm. like man the resources are endless now so it's really no excuse if you say hey i can't do something this just because you're lazy and you procrastinating right you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so but no, I, I would never take, I would never take those experiences back because it helped build who I am today, you know, as an artist and just as a man, period. You know what right. I'm saying? So. And you know what, man, like, um, it,
0: as you were talk, telling your story about just, like, starting off in high school, like, a, a lot of that stuff I could relate to because, um, like, I was always trapped between wanting to do, wanting to, wanting to do hip-hop and wanting to do movies. Cause those were mm-hmm. the two things that i that I've always wanted to do and like but like um I remember just like starting starting to write like poetry in high school and like writing rhymes in high school and um and I remember like my my first like battle in high school and uh mm-hmm, flame you know, yeah and for, for those that don't know um I ended up bat- like my first battle, in high school was uh my friend Joseph, who later on would become Drunken Monkey, but uh but, but, hilarious. <laughs> but hilarious, but hilarious. But me and him battled <laughs> in the lunchroom <laughs> and, and 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 that was at a time where I was like I had never like all I would do was freestyle, but like I I would never battle, and so me and him just kind of battled. And it, it 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 went on for a while. This battle, and he, and he t- he tells the story tells the story too. Like he got so mad that he lost that he he flipped his lunch tray, and all his food it landed on my shirt and stuff. But like, <laughs> but but man, it, 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 it's 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 the trip. How all of that, uh, just how how we can both like, especially with hip hop, all of it. Like, of course, you know, we listen to it as kids, but like in high school that's when it all kind of culminates into like deciding like what you want to do want to kind of get into your your influences like who are your influences when it comes to the MCN that you do and the the beats that you make like who are your
1: influences um well we're rapping um it's crazy because a lot of my biggest rap influences are from the crib. So like, obviously Twista um, was early on. Buster, like I said earlier, um, but like, I think the person who I tried to emulate most when I was rapping was uh, Common. Okay. Um, and Common is one of my favorite MCs. He don't he don't get his just due either. But uh, Common, you know, um, Kanye on multiple. In multiple areas, um, Lupe Fiasco really, because Lupe was like from out west. I'm from out west. Mm-hmm. I grew up out west. I stayed out south for a little bit, but the majority of my like my childhood was like Ohio and Ridgeway, or like the Austin neighborhood where my mom's crib is now. So like Augusta and Menard. So like West Side was like it for me. So like when Lupe came out, and Lupe was from Madison Gardens which is on Madison McKenzie, it was, like, right up the street from me. You know, that that really captivated me because, you know, when people think of Chicago, they think of the artists that are all from, like, the South Side. Right. And it's cool because I love seeing any Chicago artist, like, get love and get out here and go crazy and get their bread. I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love seeing other people win but it hit a little different when there's somebody from your side of the town and the high level of lyricism that he's displaying. Like, I think that's really like what broke it for me. I was like, man, dude, if he could do it, sky's the limit. So it's like, I remember I remember when I was in high school and um, I was going to off campus uh, lunch, me and my homie Justin. And we actually saw Lupe. I think he was with like Bishop G, J-Rock, and there was some other people from first and fifteenth and he was passing out the Fahrenheit one fifteen they say this is pre-kick push this before all of that you know what I'm saying? Right. And we got that joint and I popped it in and it completely blew my mind. Like, dude, failure is like one of my favorite like lupe joints. The way he was flipping styles on there, like it's just crazy, man. And um and then, you know, delving deeper in into um you know just into and like i just love like classic like dudes that just rap like rappers just just a rapper's rapper so like obviously like black thought uh most deaf you know back then you know Quali. um you know even you know back to the crib like mickey Hosted. mickey Hosted is one of my favorite mcs ever you know what i'm saying the delivery just everything um and you know from there, you know, I started, like, branching off into, like, you know, other regions. Like, it was one point in time, like, I was obsessed with, like, Battle Cat, like, in West Coast, like, production, you know, Dre. So, of course, like, Snoop, or like, MCA, Corrupt, you know what I'm saying? Like, Blue, um, you know, cats like that, even Crying Dime, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's just all over the place. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, like, I've never... um. When I was in high school, man, I was super backpacked. I didn't want to hear anything commercial. But then I remember when I heard Jay Z Blueprint album. That's the first album I had listened to. And I'm like, dude, this is a classic on the first listen. Yeah. This is a classic. That had never happened. You know, that
0: it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I was like that too. Like, there was a certain point where I was just like, if. It, it it was weird because it was like it was at a certain point it was just like if it didn't if it wasn't definitive Jux or like rhyme sayers or like yes, even like all natural and like if it wasn't like if it wasn't underground I wasn't listening to it but there was like but there was only like one mainstream cat I was always listening to and it was Jay Z and like yeah bro and I tell the story all the time like I just I um I didn't at at the first listen. I couldn't stand Reasonable Doubt. When that album came out, I was like, eh. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just, but then it was like, my my love for Jay-Z came with like Hard Knock Life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And from Hard Knock Life till now, that's when like the Jay-Z stuff started happening. And then-
1: Joe, if you if moms don't realize, that's really like, of course, Reasonable Doubt is classic. I didn't go to Reasonable Doubt until after Blueprint though. You know what I'm saying? But what people Mm -hmm. fail to realize is that hard knock life, that was like Jay-Z going to like another stratosphere. Yeah. As far as like where how he's revered now. Mm -hmm. It was the beginning of that. Because right after that, Volume 3 came. Volume 3 super slept on too. That's one of the volume three got one of the coldest intro beats and songs I've ever heard on the opening of an album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. so like from there. It just, it just kept gradually going up. Like, yeah, people could talk crap about, like, Blueprint 2 a Kingdom Come, but it had joints. It was joints yeah. on them. I oh, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. You and know what I'm saying? So,
0: yeah. Like, I remember, like, maybe, like, a year ago or so, like, going just, like, going back to Jay-Z, like, a year ago or so, I said to somebody was, like about Reasonable Doubt how I just didn't like Reasonable Doubt. And then uh, one of my brother's friends was like, he was like, I think you need to listen to Reasonable Doubt. Like, again, right. like, trust me. He was like, trust me. And I was like, all right, man, I got you. And I remember it took me, like, maybe, like, another month to just actually, like, sit down and listen to it. And when I listened to it, I
1: was like, wow, like, whoa, what the bone, hell was bro. I thinking? Like <laughs> Even even by today's standards, if, let's say, if somebody said, man, I, I really want to know how to rap. That's one of those albums I tell somebody to play front to back if you really want to get an album where it's literally a rap clinic like different flows setting up your metaphors assemblies double entendres like man it's so so much that album is dense man and Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying like albums like that man you you have to look at them like literature Like, and if you really think about it, man, like, rap albums are nothing but audio literature. Mm -hmm. Like, and I hate when people say, like, you know, hip-hop is not deep, it's not intricate. It's like, nah, it depends on what lens you're looking at it through. Mm -hmm. Like, the same way that you would compose, going back to movies, the Mm -hmm. the same way that you would compose, like, an extraordinary movie where the story makes sense, Mm -hmm. where... You know the the beginning the middle and the end it all coincides mm-hmm. the, plot, the plot twist like reasonable doubt embodies all of that man yeah and it's a whole bunch of other albums that i look at you know in their scope one of the other albums is um i don't want to get sidetracked because man i got so many different like influences and so many different points to where mm-hmm. it influenced like the, the artist that i am um yeah i'm gonna i just wait to, get the questions but it's it's a vast number of influences man. one of the things that
0: um i will say for myself at just uh writing and 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 rapping is just like there was a time where i stopped because i was just like yeah i can rap but i want to rap about Something that's meaningful to me, even if it's just like whatever I'm going through, and um, and so even when um, like uh, we we put out uh, the Black Cinema album, um, like one of the like the critiques that I get as as a as a writer and a, and, a, and a rapper is that um, some of my material is. Is a little bit too emo for people, and I get that. I understand that, but that's just part of things that were that were kind of happening to me, and it it almost makes me feel like, like, it almost sometimes it makes me feel like you're not really listening. Like, if oh, yeah, that's what I
1: was gonna say, man. Like, you're not your stuff is not. There's emotional parts to it. I wouldn't categorize it as emo, though. You know who was emo? Joe Budden,
0: yeah, Very but, much Joe so. Budden move,
1: but Joe Budden's Moon music series—that's some of the—that's some of the most heartfelt like mm-hmm. raps I've ever heard from any artist of any era. And that's what I'm saying. Like Joe, kind of like he opened up the lane for that mm-hmm. for people to be emotional in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he's the only one because I feel like Scarface was like the originator of that. Yeah, different voice inflections and stuff the way that he told stories the way that he you know had those introspective tracks about himself like i feel like he was the originator of that and he was really like one of those one of those true like storytellers and there's no disrespect to like slick rick you know because Mm -hmm. that's the that's the that's the god of storytelling right but when it comes to like feeling that emotion feeling that pain Like, you really felt it in Skyface raps. And then Pac stuff, too. And that's why people, that's why Pac is so highly revered. Because Pac made you feel whatever spirit or emotion he was putting in the the joints. Like, when you listen to hit him up, you literally want to ride down and, and shoot somebody. Right. When you hear when you hear their mama, it make you wanna go find your mama and give her the tightest hug you can give her. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the sign of a of a true artist, man. Like you able to bring people into your world and make them feel things that they wouldn't normally feel. And it feels like you right there sitting with them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. going through it. Mm-hmm. So, but nah, man. I yeah, I don't know why people are saying that, man. Uh, yeah. I feel like. I feel like your angle and the way that you rap, that's one of your strengths as an MC. You know what I'm saying? Being able to be vulnerable. Because vulnerability, like, honestly, like, that's how you get those fans that's gonna be with you for 20, 30, 40 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. From those those songs that evoke that emotion and give that energy. (coughs) Like, to say that you're too emo, I don't agree with that. That's just me though. And more like, what, what are some
0: of the, I guess, quote unquote, like, critiques that you get as as
1: an MC. Um before, and I mean this was true, but before I think I was so caught up in being such a technical like MC, mm-hmm. like rapper, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like one of my joints was like, the facts of life, gamble with the triggers while these niggas roll the dice, shotty to your body, only if the price is right, the plot thickest and quick as your life sentence. I was too caught up in like patterns and flows and it's like bro like we don't we don't feel anything from that yes you can rap like you're technically like you can rap yeah. but like where's the feeling where's the emotion you know what I'm saying so it's that's when I really started like spending more time like on my voice, inflex- voice inflection um and and people was like man when I hear you like you sound like you from New York like Nigga, you from the west side of Chicago. Like mm-hmm. where's that at? So, right. You know, that's when that's when I kind of I kind of realized, like, man, I need to start putting myself in these reps, not giving people a caricature of the MC that I aspired to be, but just be me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was that was like my main critique. And then people used to tell me, like, my hooks weren't that great. And they wasn't. I had this one joint called Infectious. Mm-hmm. Just the name of that song alone is just, it makes me cringe, but it was like the first beat that I made on Fruity Loops, not using the sample. It was a proud moment for me, but like when I go back and I listen to it, like it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Like the hook was infectious, oh yeah, infectious, oh yeah. It's like, dude, why are you singing infectious, saying oh yeah, right? In between, <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's terrible.
0: Yeah. Um, so, like, I with me. Um, I, I do a lot like I like the one thing that um I do as a as a as an MC is like I, I put a lot of things that you know that I love whether like as far as like movie references and and all this other stuff so um and because you know that I am inspired by not not just hip-hop but I'm also inspired by movies and inspired by other things about um you know uh because i I had a conversation with with drunk on the podcast about just you know us uh uh being in this time where it seems like it's more accessible for us to be geeks and be proud to be geeks and 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 express that not just in our lives but in our music one of my favorite songs that you put out was thanos complex
1: uh, yes, with, sir. Uh,
0: where you and neat so i just kind of talk about that i mean of course we know you know if, if y'all live under a rock y'all know about avengers and you right. know the the ark of thanos but just kind of talk about what what when uh when you wrote that song when you and need was writing that song like what was
1: what were y'all mindset in the writing of that song um for me well, first off, let me start with the production. So that that sample is from the group Genesis. Uh, and I'm a huge, huge, huge Phil Collins fan. So it's a loop with just like some synth undertones and some light drums on it. But when I heard that, I would cause what I do a lot of the time, like I'll sit and I'll just listen to like just all the music or listen to genres outside of what I usually listen to. So at that at that time, I was listening to a lot of the, like progressive rock, um, so like Genesis, Police, you know what I'm saying. Things in that realm. Um, so I came across uh, I came across that song, and as I was listening to it, the sample was literally t- talking to me. And I think my biggest strength is my presence on tracks and um, how strong I like I come forward with with my delivery and my rhymes and what I'm talking about because a lot of it is personal convictions that I really feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what allows me to really like just be a channel and really get the bars off my chest. Um. So that sample spoke to me so I I literally made the beat for like 20, 30 minutes because I was just trying to find the right parts to uh to chop you know what I'm saying, to evict that same emotion that the rhymes is. Um, As far as like my birth, like my whole mindset at the time, uh, when I wrote that, you know, I was just thinking about all of the uh, the social injustice, you know, that's going on right now. Um, My personal, like my personal fight with myself and just with like the spirit realm, and a lot of my verses are centered around that because it's a constant thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't grow up having you know my pops around like that. So these rhymes, they're therapeutic for me because me looking at my father, it made me empathetic to just how the spirit realm works and how strong mentally certain things will keep you from reaching your full potential and so I'm empathetic Mm -hmm. with I'm empathetic with his struggle because I'm going through a lot of those same things that he faced and that he deals with you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and so with me writing just the way that I was writing and joining this like um, with my verse it's living in a world full of darkness I ain't Use the sword of Democles and strike another Leviathan. Like, I don't know if everybody knows the story on like, Democles, but Democles was this king. Uh, well, no, Democles, he was jealous of this king because he had all of, all of the riches and glory and everything and he just wanted to have the opportunity to live in that man's shoes because he, he thought from the outside looking in, that man, this is what's up. This is the easy life. Right. But then once he gets in that throne, there's a sword that's hanging over his head. And he's experiencing all of these, these evils and these, you know, these dark spirits and all of these different obstacles, you know, with, you know, debauchery, cheating, people trying to kill you, um, you know, people trying to, people trying to take your riches. And it's just a bunch of stuff that he was dealing with. And he didn't understand the true responsibility of what it meant to like sit on that throne. So, like, I wanted to start off with that because I wanted to paint a picture. Like, a lot of people feel like, you know, they see their favorite artists or they see these, you know, these guys out here, they're pushing horns and they got the Maserati, they got the Rolls Royce, they got the McLaren. And, you know, they envy those people and they want to be in that position because they got this big house, they got businesses, but you really don't know what that person is to acquire that that wealth and what they're doing to maintain it. Right. And that's one of the things my mom always told me like, man, love yours. Appreciate your own. Never be envious of what somebody else got because you don't know how they got it. You don't know what they're doing to maintain it. You know what I'm saying? Let's bring everything back down, you know, to the bare bones, the essence of what this life is. Yeah. And let's just look. Basically, I'm just painting a picture of everything, you know, that's around us. It's like, man, like I don't. Yes, I want to. I want to sustain, you know, for my family and for myself. But man, I'm never. I'm never knocking. I never get upset or envious when I see somebody else winning, especially right. if they my guys, because mm-hmm. that's my whole thing. Like yeah. in the in the verse, break bread with all of my niggas. That's a mighty feast. Never compromise my integrity. That's a mighty feat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many people out here that are shells of themselves because they're not comfortable being who they are. They're not comfortable with themselves. They look in the mirror and they don't like what they see. So right. that's why they go and they try to grab at the, at the air and try to get whatever they think looks good. And it's like, I'm at the point now, fam, like I'm 33, like mm-hmm. I'm great. Right. Nobody has to tell me that, like I'm great. I have, I embody a lot of different, um a lot of different qualities that you know that make me great. My greatness is not measured by like my riches or how much I have or material things. Like it has nothing to do with that. It's because I'm I'm who I am. You know what I'm saying? My character is intact. My integrity is intact. And once you got all of that intact, man, like when you go to write, every time I write, it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to not only call myself to a higher I told uh, like how you view yourself but I'm trying to get other people to get themselves up there. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. What's some other some other lines? Oh, come and sit under my cherry tree. Um, wait, wait, wait. Living in a world full of darkness. I ain't buying in. Use a soda of make clear strike buy it then. I ain't inside a right one. office to stuff. I playbook I can't find a silver lining in. that's a movie reference. Mm-hmm. Have a dreams of nightmares. Having dreams and nightmares. I'm starting to see the signs again. Manifest destiny. life so tiring. Fake love and synthetic people we admiring. Long live infinite. Infinite power. That's back to me. It's an embodiment of what I'm trying to give out to the people. Long live infinite. Death to the media. We need every gang to come together, to draw a treaty up. Man, just imagine if the GDs, if the GDs, the, the vice lords, Fuck on the hustles, bloods, crips. All of the big gangs came together on a unified front. You know how powerful we will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the power is the power is in the people. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? I'm just putting that out there. And right. I know that there's reasons why you know that can't happen. But I'm—it's just me, me speaking in foresight. Like, man, we need every game to come together, draw a treaty up. God mm-hmm. gave power to the people. All we need is good. All we need is us. Got to take our empire back before the time is up. West Side never gonna die because it lives in me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just the whole verse is really just me proclaiming who I am, what I see around me, and what I stand firm in. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Break once again, break bread with all of my niggas. That's a mighty feast. I want to see everybody. You know what I'm saying? All my guys. So it's just about you got to speak stuff into existence, man. Like even even when things seem bleak and it seems dark, I'm just I'm heavy on that. Nah, fam. I'm about to come strong with this positive energy and I'm going to give it to you. But I'm going to give it to you in a way to where it ain't going to sound like I'm preaching. It's just it's just me trying to like motivate mogs like me and people from whatever walk of life you from man just motivate them to keep keep striving to be great because we all got greatness in us man. It's just about noticing that potential honing in on that and really mastering the crowd. Right? Yeah. And that's that's the part of my life I'm in right now. Like, I'm just trying to master everything. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Neek, I've been, I've been friends with Neek for the longest, so I I kind of wanted to get him out of, because Neek, Neek is a real smooth cat. He real jazzy, but I was trying to get him on some, like, real aggressive, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, production, like, nah fam, come, come slide over here real quick. You know right. what I'm saying? Hop on this joint. Um, but yeah, that, that's my brother, man.
0: Yeah, man. Like everything that you were saying, bro. Like I, I, I felt that, man, because that's, um, that's essentially like what the the first Black Cinema album was. It was, it was, it was a, it was like a relationship therapy, um, yep. album. But like I tell people all the time, like yeah, I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about relationships that I've had with my my ex-wife or like other uh, uh, women, but I'm talking about relationship with with friends, my relationship with hip hop, my relationship with the world, my relationship with just being black in in America, like even right. my relationship with God, like like, and I'm I'm even saying things, of uh, uh, like a. Uh, about god or to god because I, I i like i felt like like at once my relationship was strong and now it's not with with god and so now i'm trying to get back to the point of that relationship being strong again and um and and so like you know just everything that you were saying man like i i felt that because it was just like that's that was like my purpose for that uh that that black cinema album is just Yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's a relationship album, but I'm but I'm also just venting and, and trying to get you know myself like I'm saying these things that I couldn't say out loud as, as regular Kelvin, but I'm just saying these things uh, out loud so I can finally get them off my chest and so everybody can know what how I'm feeling and and get to a better place.
1: See, that's the key right there because and see when people it's real cliche to say like music is therapeutic but like for any creative whatever your creative medium is when you're able to get an idea from here from here to your heart get motivated enough to get it out through your hands Mm -hmm. and you can see the physical manifestation of that yeah there's no there's no better feeling like in the world and i feel like if you're a rapper if you're making beats, man, whatever you're doing, when you get that final product in your hand and it's tangible and you can feel it, mm-hmm. it, it, it has an effect on you. And it, that actually builds up your confidence to continue to create and get things out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And family. so like, even, even back to the point of what you were saying about like now we're in the now we're living in a world where nerds are acceptable. Like, man, I've always been to been into what I was into. It was like, man, either you like me or you don't. I've never mm-hmm. I've never cared. I think that at one point in the time in life, I was caring about what other people thought of me. But as mm-hmm. far as like my hobbies and my interests, it's like, man, this is what I'm into. You right. know what I'm saying? If you like it, you like it. If you don't, it doesn't matter if you don't. I like it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And yeah. that just goes back to Mogs being comfortable in their own skin and yeah. knowing who they are. And, and,
0: right, exactly, and that's that was the, like that was, that was the whole point. I think at at a certain time, in my life, even if you listen to the black cinema, I'm, I wasn't comfortable. You know what I'm saying? It, it was like I wasn't I wasn't comfortable, and now I'm getting to a point where I am comfortable. You know, um, you know, uh, it's 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 all like you said. Like you know, you you just have to be comfortable in in what you like and what you believe. And, and it don't matter what everybody else say or think about it you just know that you have to be comfortable in in uh what what you what you want what you believe what you can do as an artist you know it like i i you know i tell the story you know it t- it took me a while to actually like want to do an album because i was just a, you know afraid of what people would think you know or right. how they would feel about certain things that i would say and after a while it was just like you know what, at this point I don't care. <laughs> like I
1: I really don't That's care. That's Yeah. Bro, you think about it. Think about it. If God give gave you a gift, and see this is the thing, like even like the concepts of the concept of God, like the way we, the way that we were taught growing up, the concept of God is very um it's very limited. So it's like they would always teach us like man, you can't limit God to the four to the four walls of the church. Right. But that's exactly what the church has done. They've limited him to the four walls. God can move in a crack house. God can move at a gang meeting. God can move in a disaster. Like I got a, a I got a line like disaster is just a blessing in disguise. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, really, yeah. What you went through? Is that what you went through or that what you're still going through? Like man, I hit that barren state where I wasn't making beats. I wasn't making music at all. I didn't even know if I was gonna come back to it. And that, that time period, it went from like 2009 all, all the way up to like 2013, 2014, where I wasn't doing anything. Like I had, I had more than enough time to create and do what I needed to do, but I just wasn't motivated, man. But in that time, I went through so many tumultuous, crazy experiences, it just brought everything full circle back to me. So that's the thing, like it's it's the it's this analogy. It's like, man, like when you're young, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you're just trying to you know, just like, oh man, these are my arms, these are my legs, this is my head, this is my chest, like this is my physical body. As you get older and you start looking in that mirror, man, you start seeing different things. You don't see the physical, you see the spiritual things and you see the trauma you see you know what i'm saying the the areas where you fall short at and in that moment in time bro i hated what i was looking at in the mirror and it all comes back it all comes back to you just learning how to love yourself yeah one of the one of the things that you know uh one of the ways that i operate is that i don't really let things like get to me like that i can kind of like I can kind of like hit a wall. Let's say that wall is like depression or like lack of self-worth. I can hit that wall. I can notice it for what it is. Mm-hmm. But my mind state is always optimistic. Like, man, I, I don't have all the answers right now, but I know in due time, I'll get through this. Right. And I'm on to the next one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when you have that, people kind of take it as you being nonchalant and you don't care. Right. I just know what to devote my energy toward. I'm not devoting my energy towards relishing in that moment and trying to stay in that moment as to why I feel the way that I feel, because it's just gonna amplify it and magnify it even more. And it's gonna make me feel more of what I'm already feeling. Instead of me trying to be like, you know what, let me try to figure out some type of solution, something to do in this moment to help shift my perspective and shift, you know, my mind and what I'm thinking about right now. And, right. uh, like, just the older that I've gotten, the more and more I'm noticing, like, yeah, it's healthy to do that. But you also have to deal with that thing that you come up against that mm-hmm. stops you in your path. Mm-hmm. You really have to deal with it because Edge uh, schedule tomorrow with Tom Cruise. The man kept reliving the same day over and over again yeah. until he figured out how to navigate through the day. It's the same thing with our shortcomings we all are flawed we all have things that we have to learn how to like get past so until you can figure out how to get past that thing you're mm-hmm. gonna constantly keep running into the same exact thing Yeah, and that's why it's so many people out here that have started growth because they don't know how to get past what they keep running into mm-hmm. you really have to do that work like and it's personal work it's not the responsibility of anybody else Right. You know, there's a lot of people that are in really unhealthy relationships because they feel like their spouse or their significant other is supposed to handle their issues for them. No, fam, you need to take personal responsibility and figure out what you're going through because I got my own thing that I'm going through. Right. And we're bro, we're human. Like, we're not built to have the weight of the world on our shoulders. Sometimes, fam, you got to throw your hands up and be like, Man, I can't do this right now. I need to just let me refresh my mind. Let me go take a walk. You know what I'm saying? People don't know how to properly, like, cope with themselves, and they don't know how to properly evolve. Like, and that's what true evolution is. It's not that we turned into humans from monkeys. It's not, fam. You start off at one area, and you just keep building on it. That's how you build your foundation. Once the foundation is built, okay, let's start building up, let's let's put the beams and the pillars in place. Then right. after that, let's start putting the walls. It's there's steps to, to life, man. And just just mute just the music that I make now, it's helping me get to that point. I'm not right. saying I got it all figured out. What I'm saying is I'm using my positive outlook on life, even in light of this pandemic man it's so much greatness that's coming out of this time people mm-hmm. are being more creative yeah. people are doing things like we're doing like i know this is probably supposed to be an interview but i feel like i'm i'm talking to one of the homies like this is just a discourse and a dialogue that we have mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. and i feel like i feel like more people need to be empowered to delve into whatever is therapeutic for them mm-hmm. For some people it might not be Talking on the podcast, For some people it might be drawing, some people it might be painting, man, whatever it is, like just really take this time while we have time to really hone in on those skills, hone in on bettering yourself, because when you better yourself, your art is gonna exemplify that that much more. It's gonna yeah. be a higher level of lyricism, a higher level of production, a higher level of songwriting, a higher level of art higher level of output and i just feel like just collectively that's what we need
0: um so i guess my my final question is what i ask everybody especially us as indie artists um especially with uh uh, the pandemic that we're going through and you kind of touched a little bit about you know you know this this is the time for us to be more creative so uh uh, as an artist especially with the time going and I know you got a family so it's like um you got to make sure everything with them is is great and you know and and be there for them um and you know you got to take time and you know check on yourself as well Uh, um what what are the things as far as like uh with your creativity are you uh
1: doing now with with uh with the pandemic um well i've i've been kind of doing the same thing for a couple years just really trying to like i say make sure my output is the highest level that it could be so um you know along with me like rapping and producing i started my own brand called infinite power that's what this is um and i'm pretty sure you know people always see me wearing something with infinite power on it the whole idea behind that, man, once again, is just bringing reverence back to the creator, to God. It's like how, you know, one of the slogans for the, the brand is be immortal. Obviously not being immortal in a physical sense, but creating, creating things that are, you know, life changing and things that just shift culture. So that when I do pass away and I go to the the next plane of existence, Mm -hmm. I have these tangible things that people can look at. And I really want to help people. I want to help people through, you know, through the clothing, through the message behind the clothing. And it's not the stuff's not super expensive, but I pride myself on um, just making sure everything is like manicured and make sure everything is like, you know, concise or just very to the point of what I'm trying to do. Like, this hat, this basically says youngest of the Yahwehs in French. Mm. And young Yahweh is basically a child of God. I'm young Yahweh, you young Yahweh. It's just, it's just bringing it back to, man, forget what everybody else is trying to tell you you are. Like, at the end of the day, like, you a child of God and that's all it is. I'm just bringing back reverence to that. But doing it in a way to where it don't look corny. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. That's that's my biggest thing. Like I look up to like Kanye, I look up to like, you know, like like Virgil Abloh, like Nigo. Like these are like high-level like streetwear and you know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. creatives. And they've always been very good at, you know, like balancing on typography. Like there's a reason why I have it like this. I'm, I didn't go to school for any of this stuff I just kind of like know what works what doesn't work and that's one of those that's one of those things like when you get more in tune with yourself you kind of like understand things without it being taught to you okay. you know what I'm saying yeah, so yeah. it's just like the music just like the music is a universal language like when I sit down and I make beats I can tell somebody like the fundamentals of like how to produce something but like the extra sauce and those little weird sounds and the little you know the little nuances Mm -hmm. and stuff that's in my production i can't teach that that's just an embodiment of what i have inside and that's what comes out um so infinite power that's my brand it's not just the clothing it's the visuals um i started like really like empowering myself to um to just work on like little vignettes because i got an album that's about to come out um, called i'm mortal Mm -hmm. when you look at it it's, it's spelled out immortal, but there's a parenthesis around the I and the L. Um, there's a whole, basically the story behind that is, is the whole album is delving into that whole notion of immortality versus mor- mortality. Like, I strongly believe because of what I put into the album, that the album is going to touch a lot of people in a deeper way because of how much time I spent on how every every kick is laid, how every, you know, uh, string section is arranged, like Mm -hmm. even when I'm singing, like, it's just it's, when you listen to it, you'll understand what I'm saying, but it's just the album itself I feel like it's gonna be immortal, it's gonna live on forever, Mm -hmm. but me, the physical artist, the person that created the body of work, of course, I have an expiration date right, but every song on there is just dealing with with that the mortality versus immortality um so I, I just recently did a small vignette um just um about the album and it's basically just asking like questions it's like okay um how how's my legacy gonna live on if i can't live forever you know i can't call ourselves gods if we only man but if i made in his image what does that make me just and that's what the album is centered around: asking these questions that create this conversation. Like, fam, like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? What yeah. is this plane of existence? Why is it? Why is this body of work important? What is the meaning behind it? Why is? What is the meaning behind me waking up every day? Like, so that the album really delves into that, and it's done at such a high level with with the production and with the lyrics and with the features. Everything on there is there for a reason. Um, So I have, you know, I'm working on that. On the visual, um, I really want to, I'm going to start doing like installation performances where I can rent out like an open space or whatever, but really curate the space to create a mood. And then do performances centered around that mood. Really, I'm really just trying to think out of the box because anybody can get on the stage and rock out in front of people. But I really want to immerse people in like an environment. I want everything to be, an event, you know what I'm saying, and nobody's gonna do that if I don't do it. You know what I'm saying, and yeah. that's the thing about like, that's the thing about like when you when you're creating and you're putting out music and you're doing things, man. Nobody's ever gonna be excited about what you're putting out. Right. It's your responsibility as a creator to create an atmosphere to where it's welcoming for people to come in, or you pique somebody's interest, or you intrigue them to come to see what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I laugh when people get upset when they're like, nah, people, I feel like people ain't feeling my stuff. It's like people not going to feel your stuff. It's your responsibility to put it out there in a way, in a creative way, to where you're bringing people in. And that's why I was like, I'm not going to limit infinite power just to some clothes. Right. It's deeper than some clothes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that I care about a lot, but it's deeper than clothes. It, it, it's about, you know, a frame of mind. I want to create dialogue. I want to start having these discussions You know, with creatives, just about our existence, like, Mm -hmm. and it's it's a lot of work to be done. And I'm not saying I have everything concrete as to what I want to do, but infinite power is really just about acknowledging what you have inside and getting that out in whatever medium that you're doing. So that's like that's 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 what I'm on. Like that's and it's infinite power. Like that's my heart. That's my baby because it's a it's a direct extension. Uh, me um, uh, also on the music side uh, I'm a part of a, a crew called Go Standard Collective and that's uh, that's me that's 9-6 unique um, my bad more Green uh, Taiwan Davis Rashid Heidi um, and, uh, and Chuck 360 and we're just a collective we just all decided to come together mm-hmm. to really move as a unified front to really not only put the city on a map, but to really like come together to build each other up to move as a unified front. So, um, if you know, if you see me like post up GSC or post up trophies, it's all just going back to the squad, to the crew. So, we moving as a crew. So, all of our releases are intermingled with one another. and We're all featured on each other's albums. Um, and we got some real special coming very soon as a collective so just stay tuned for that um but i'm really excited man like me being with this crew and like just me um really like just continuing to unravel infinite power and uh, allow it to blossom into whatever it's gonna turn into like it's just been real exciting so i'm just i'm here for the ride right gotta, gotta stay consistent just keep moving keep keep pushing forward, man. No matter what anybody says or how bleak things look, man. You gotta you gotta still be great out here.
0: Well, oh, thank you again for coming on here and chopping it up with your boy, man. I really appreciate nah. that, man. Thank you, man.
1: Thank you, man. And everybody, go pick up that Black Cinema. That joint is fire.
0: Thank you, bro. Thank fire, you. Yes. Fire, they, fire, fire. Man, so tell, tell everybody, um, where they can like hear your music uh check out your, your your clothing uh everything
1: but um the infinite power uh website is uh infinitepower.bigcartel.com so that's i-n-f-n-t-p-w-r dot bigcartel.com um we're, I'm, we're in a in the midst of like doing like a huge um I wouldn't say rebrand, but a reintroduction uh, to the people. So a lot of the classic pieces that I have that are sold out right now, I'm gonna be, you know, reintroducing that like on a larger scale, Um, we're gonna have an official site coming soon. Um, For my music, um, you could you can actually get all of my releases at uh fablethegreat.tumblr.com. My first album is on there, the last show, be first, everything all the way up until the Smucker's freestyle that me and Cincinnati 96 Dropped a couple weeks back. That's on there. So that's Fable the Great, F A B L E T H E G R E A T dot bandcamp I think I said Tumblr before my bad. Fable the Great dot That's where you can find all my music. I'm all, I'm on all of the DSP. So Spotify, title Apple Music, what have you. All of that is on there. Thanos Complex, everything. Mind Racing, too. That's on there. Um, my Instagram is uh, at Fable the Great. Uh, my Twitter is Forever Fable. Um, you can you can slide to my Tumblr too. I still got Tumblr, FableTheGreat.Tumblr.com Um, it's much, much more coming. Um, like I said, man, thank you again. And just 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 stay tuned, man. It's about to it's about to get it's about to get crazy. So.
0: Yeah, man. And and y'all make yeah, y'all make sure y'all stay tuned. Uh check out Fable's clothing line, check out Fable's music. It, some of the like some of the dopest uh music I've, I've, I've heard and and uh once again I gotta say uh thank you for to, to my brother Fable for coming on the podcast man uh make sure y'all check out the Black Cinema album uh Black yes, Cinema sir. uh we are dropping another uh album June 19th called Darky Horror Picture Show go
1: so um, pre-order that joint
0: yeah I gotta do that, that today yeah man <laughs> <laughs> and uh Man, thank y'all again for tuning in to the Dope Sessions podcast. Also, I will be putting uh, some of Fable songs on the Dope Sessions playlist that's on Spotify. Um, it, yes, it, 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 it it features uh, Fable and Black Cinema and and all the other artists that I got the chance to chop it up with on this podcast as well. And uh, till next time, y'all, we'll see y'all. Peace. Love. I'm not afraid to